Godzillamedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino 9, and Jazzy Fiddle. Gamezilla. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, co-host, Jazzy Fiddle. Just kidding. But I do have co-host slash producer, Jedite Knight. All the horns for me! What happened? is Jazzy and I went out for a little nature hike today, and he took a slight slip off a ravine. I grabbed his hands, and I said, Long live the king! And I threw him right into the ravine, <laughs> and he was trampled over by uh, some some moose. There were there were moose here yeah. in southern Michigan. It was surprising. Thousands. Yeah, thousands of moose. Yeah. Stampede. Big, big migration moment. Our friend is dead now. <laughs> that? <laughs> well... Anyways, uh, our other producer is also here, Testonomics. You know, that was much better than some bullshit angle of, oh, you know, we got into some disagreement, so he's been removed from the studio and he's never let back in. Because that's kind of uh, that's kind of dated material. Yeah, we've played that one 800 times, so we're good now. Now it's how we off each other. Absolutely. Ooh, <laughs> I'm here on the right day. <laughs> All right, well, uh, welcome to episode 213 of Games Little Podcast. Jazzy cannot be with us uh, today. He's got some family matters to take care of, so we'll see him uh, back in the studio next week as long as he can figure his way out of that ravine with two broken legs. Better make some friends with those moose. Yeah, yeah they're, uh, they're majestic creatures. You, you really have to work to befriend them. They're very skittish. But we want to, first of all, thank everybody. We want to thank Patreon, right? And all of our patrons that uh, every month contribute to support us. Uh, they believe in the brand. They want us. They want to see the brand grow. That's how you do it. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. You go there. You make a contribution. We're going to give you some perks like early access and, and some special content. But, you know, you're doing it for the one reason is that you like these shows and you want to see them keep going. So there you have it. Thank you to all of our patrons. We got bills. We need some help. That's right. Hook your boys up. A couple bucks. It's so cold in the D. <laughs> yeah, easy cheating. <laughs> Heat in the studio. It gets cold here. It gets very cold here in Michigan if you're not familiar. Uh, we also want to remind everybody that uh, if you are looking for some GameZilla swag... The GameZilla store is live over at GameZillaMedia.com, and you can order your GameZilla gear now. All right. Um, anything else? Uh, did we miss anything? Jazzy's not here. That's a plus. Jazzy's not here. That's a bonus. Jazzy's not here. That's like a trophy. I don't think I think we nailed all the the big points. This is actually the the Jazzy's Not Here Memorial Trophy. We've always had it out here, but you know the the name was always kept secret from Jazzy, and yeah. it's just I love the game on headband. That's really just a wristband yeah, of ours absolutely. back from old school MCG days. Yeah, 
All right. Well, uh, let's move into a uh, slightly reduced team talk. Reduced or made better? Both. Ah. Man, if, 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 we, can have, if, we, can, if we can have patrons, we could have a studio that looks like this one here on Twitch. Man, if we had a studio that looked like this one on twitch.tv slash games of media right now, I, this, I'd be pretty happy. I'd be, I'd be real happy. I might even let Jazzy back in, but I doubt it. He's dead now. But speaking of Jazz Fiddle, what was your uh, game moment of the week, Jazzy? That's great. Dad, what was your gaming moment of the week? Okay. So on uh, on Saturday night, a few friends came over, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the group in attendance and before death, Jazzy. And, uh, you know, there were, there were some gaming that went down. Um, you know, we were playing some retro games in the basement, and Juno Jade was like... I'm really thinking about making a retro pie, you know, emulation station. And I was like, oh, let's hook mine up so you can see what it's like. And she was like, I'm 100% on board. So we started like flipping through some of the NES and Super Nintendo games I have on there. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, pick a game, play it for a little bit, pass the controller to the next person, you pick a game because there's thousands of games on there. Well, it came to our boy, Five Mile Rick, aka the Big Dog, aka the Latino Heat. And he was like, who wants to play NBA Jam with me? And we know I am awful at almost every video game. Every video game. NBA Jam is a game that I actually know how to play and I'm actually not complete garbage at. True. So I'm like, okay, like I will have, like, not, it's not like cocky, like I'm awesome at Jam, but I can hold my own. So me and the big dog, we're throwing down on Jam, and I had a nice lead. I want to say at one point I had a 13-point lead throughout the game. It's getting, it's intense. We're going, we're gaming, we're having a great time with it. You know, just some some buddies playing some couch competitive NBA Jam action. And we're down to the last corner, and I cannot score you're sitting to in save ja- my life. You're sitting in Jazzy's seat, and you said the last corner. I realize it's not Jazzy. It's the chair. It's the chair. We the have, chair we have makes fig- it so we can't. The chair speak. is cursed. Quarter. The last quarter. Qu- quarter yeah, we got it. We with got, a, with yeah. a Q, right? Yeah. That's how you spell that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last quarter quarter of the game, and and I can't, I can't score. Rick's stealing the ball. He makes a run. Last second basket. Drains it. To beat me by one, <laughs> I might have been able to get like a hail mary shot, but I was literally on the floor yelling "no" with my agony of defeat and just the intensity and the fun of that experience because that's how video games used to be playing yeah. with your buddies. Yeah, um, I it was so fun, and I'm, I'm totally looking forward to getting my rematch against Rick in some uh, in some jam or hang time. I prefer hang time. It's a it's a hot take, but it was a better game. Yeah, I um, I, I watched the whole game, and you, you had a commanding lead. I was like, there's no coming back from this. And then <laughs> that last quarter, he just somehow got back in. And I remember that, that last basket going in and just watching your face drive into the ground, ass in the air, <laughs> and you're just screaming, no. I, I was like, wow, this is... Uh, this is amazing, like old school gaming at its finest. So yeah, that was that was a good moment. So for for sure, my highlight. Yeah, Testonomics gaming moment of the week. So my gaming moment this week did not really have to do with actually gaming, but instead reading up about a certain game. So on a future episode coming up here, spoiler alert of the Legend of Retro podcast, they cover my favorite video game. Ogre Battle 64. 
And because I am just as charismatic and handsome as I am, they asked me to be on the show to help kind of, uh, you know, guide them through it. So I don't have a way to play Ogre Battle 64 since um, everything's really high up in my house and I'm working with one arm. So I did a lot of reading and watching Let's Plays and listening to the soundtrack and all of those things that make the game besides actually playing it reminded me just how much I like that game. So I've been jamming to that soundtrack for the last, I don't know, 10 days as I'm as I'm driving around. And I'm like, man, Ogre Battle 64, that's definitely my game. I'm an Ogre Battle guy. And uh, and yeah, that was kind of my gaming, not gaming moment of the week. Nice. I uh, I got to play some G.I. Joe. On the NES. Uh, again, Saturday night over at Deadite's house for his party. And I knew that he had picked the game up. Uh, this was the, um, is it Rise of Atlantis or something like that? Something to, something with it, the word Atlantis. It's the second G.I. Joe game, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was per, uh, published by Capcom. First one wasn't. And so I remembered the first G.I. Joe game. So I actually had never played this game, but... The developers the same, so it felt similar. And I remember you picked it up on the cool, like, awesome sale that you got when you were like traveling the UP, and just like I'm like, all right, let's let's give this a try. And then I don't know, man, like an hour went by. <laughs> yeah, you were at it for a while. And I look around, and now you're this this particular retro setup was in your basement. I look around, and everyone's gone. Like the whole group that was down there with me when I started playing, they all they all got bored and like went out to like the bonfire or went upstairs or whatever. I'm just in the basement by myself playing G.I. Joe and I'm like, eh, that's cool. I'm good. <laughs> so I finally got frustrated enough at the game. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go socialize a little bit this party that I'm at. But it was um yeah. Playing G.I. Joe, that was that was good. That's a game I don't have in my collection that uh, I definitely I want both of them in my collection, but Hard. That game was it was difficult. So it was a sign of the deficit in my gaming aptitude to yours because I was like, man, I played this game for like twenty minutes and couldn't beat the first level. And in about six minutes you beat the first level. I was like <laughs> I was like, Oh man, like I mean I helped a little bit, like you go here to get the power up. Like I found that. You gave me those extra power ups. Yeah, 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 but uh uh, and and explain the basic mechanics of, of this game to you, but the actual playing ability, it, it was quickly seen. I was like, man, he's a lot better at this than me. <laughs> all I did was kneel, guys. Yeah, I, I just, just kept. I just stood there and took all the bullets. And I'm like, oh, go, Joe. I'm. That's right. So, all right. Well, that's uh, our gaming moments of the week. We want to know what your gaming moments are, and then you can do that through our Discord. So join Discord. It is free. Talk with gamers from around the world every day and you can join the discord by clicking on that link in the twitch feed right now if you're watching us live or go to gameslomedia.com scroll down and hit that big discord button let's get into some news i'm searching the web for the latest gaming news Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Download the game. All right. So we got some topics here. We're gonna we're gonna power through these. First one is kind of a spoiler alert. So I don't think anyone in this room would find this to be very spoilery, but. Just a fair warning, in the new Spider-Man game, we're going to be talking about 
the hidden villain that they didn't show in the E3 trailer and the possible leak of who that is. Now, I believe Deadite was like, he guessed it right out the gate. Like, who else would it be? You know, type deal. Um, but now we have a voice actor, um, and I believe the voice actor is for the, Rhin the Rhino. Yeah, Rhino voice actor, um, Chris Ja Alec. He said something that, <laughs> that ended up getting pulled from the internet. So, I, I mean, it's pretty much confirmed now in, in a weird way. Doc Ock is that character that we did not see. Yeah. And I think, like, we're all like, yeah, duh. You know, like, but, I mean, it is confirmed. And for me, when we were watching the trailer, you said it. I'm not sure if it was me. I think you did. Maybe. It was definitely me. Yeah. I think it was you, Deadite. Yeah, it was definitely me. Yeah, it was totally you. <laughs> definitely <laughs> wasn't Test. Have fun doing the show with two people. <laughs> Um, whoever said it, I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, who else would make that, like, make that armor for all, like, it just made, like, when you think of that universe, you're like, yeah, who else would make these badass, like, enhanced suits, because all these villains are sitting here in the trailer, like, you like my new suit, Spidey, blah, 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 and it's all, like, armor-based and technical, technologically advanced and blah, 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 so I, um, I don't know, I, I kind of look at this, I'm like, yeah, cool and i'm kind of bummed by this trailer that they that they went this road because they showed so many villains mm -hmm. and then they left you with like who's this one though that could be behind it all and it was pretty obvious like for sure so i kind of was like i didn't like this reveal and i think it led you know yeah sure this voice actor out you know misspoke and and has made it a little bit messier than it is but i don't think anybody's surprised by this are you no, no, especially so this reminds me of when that last Horizon Zero Dawn trailer hit. And did I, 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 I do I remember that we talked you we made sure you didn't watch it or did you watch it? We talked someone out of watching it because remember, we were really excited. Like, what's going on with all these robotic dinosaurs? Like, why does this exist? And it feels like that last trailer was starting to, like, allude to what was going on. And I don't remember if it was you or or button masher or jazzy just someone else that was excited for the game that skipped like the last couple trailers to not have any spoilers and that's actually a little bit how i feel about this i'm like man i would have loved the experience of getting let's say eight hours into the game or whatever or however long it takes and then being like oh like this all makes sense like yeah. that moment is now taken away from us yeah but at the same time i now have a couple months of in Maybe this is bad for the game. In my mind, building up that that could be the best boss battle ever in a video game. Like just the way this game is looks and the the fight scenes and everything, that could be like the coolest boss fight I've ever done. So like right. so now I do have that anticipate anticipation. It's the chair, man. It is. Tess, the chair. give me back my other chair. <laughs> anticipation <laughs> um, and excitement. But also, if it lets me down, then I guess I'm just going to... I would like to apologize to Jazzy for every time we've made yeah. fun of him when clearly it's just a curse. It's, it's something to do with the chair. The chair is cursed. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. I've played games like, like you said, Horizon Zero Dawn, got the new God of War. They've, they've all had these moments where like they were nothing in the trailer gave you that. So as you're playing through the game, you hit that, you know, that point where you're like, 
usually when I hit those points, that's like the okay, throw it into overdrive. I need to I need to burn through the story now because I have to figure I have to finish the story. Mm-hmm. And so that's that extra boost I get in in a game where I'm just like, oh my god, I need to know what's gonna happen or I need to know why this happened. And yeah, this part of it's kind of like you'll still have that in this game. There's still gonna be a story that we don't know. I just thought it was kind of odd that. That they played it off that way, you know, you could have had all those guys gang up on them and capture them and be like, "All right, we got to take them to," you know, and then leave it on a cliffhanger. There, don't. I don't know. I just feel like you could have done it. You could even made the trailer almost identical and just shifted like the last ten seconds a little bit differently and been better off. Yeah. But anyways, there you have it. At least right now, we're sitting at looking at Doc Ock as the uh, you know the main main bad guy in this game that's uh, helping all the other guys escape from prison, giving them cooler gear, and we don't necessarily know, I guess, in-game, but still. Who's your favorite Spider-Man villain? Man, my favorite Spider-Man villain... I really like the Lizard. Yeah, Lizard's always Lizard's cool. always such a cool character because he isn't... He's a bad guy, but he isn't, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's got that... He's got that... Uh, Extra layer there versus, and I and I and I've always been a fan of the uh, symbiote. So mm-hmm. you know, Venom, Carnage, whoever. But those ones I think have been so have had such a bad road lately that I'm almost like just stay away from them right now. For sure, <laughs> let let it breathe a little bit. We gotta get through this Venom movie first and see if it's not gonna be a giant <laughs> heap of trash. But um, what about you? Doc Ock, I'm pretty sure my favorite. I just, I always just love like him getting up on like his, his like robotic arms and like moving around. And it just, it was so cool. And it always seemed like, you know, Spider-Man in himself is, you know, a genius, you know, like there's the battle of intellect, but you know, the routes that they go down and, and um, I just like the story of the, the rivalry in a lot of ways between Spider-Man and Doc Ock, Um, you know, and it's not a lot of this comes from the movies, the cartoon show. You know, I've never really followed the comics, and I, I cable one. I mean, Spidey, our boy Spidey, two KX was uh, telling me like this certain like story arc I have to read with Doc Ock sometime, and I, I got to hit him back up and try and track that down because I think that'd be super cool. I just really enjoyed him, and then of course Morbius. Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't forget about Morbius. Yeah, man, left out of the Sinister Six. Oh, Mysterio was always cool to me too. Mysterio is one that's that, that underrated. Like underrated, yeah, for sure. So, uh, Tess, you got a favorite Spider-Man villain? I'm not that big into the Spider-Man like scene, but I do like Carnage because he's legitimately a serial killer. Yeah, he's pretty much insane, and by pretty much he is insane. So there you go. All right, cool. Well, uh, let's move it along. We got uh, some talks here on Nintendo. Some some really strange stuff's been uh, happening here recently. I don't want to say strange, but not uh, yeah, you know what it is. It's very strange because we're just not used to seeing this. These um, tweets and commercials and all this stuff has kind of started where Nintendo has started to team up with Xbox and with with some of their marketing. And even this trailer that again, if you're watching this live on Twitch, you're you're gonna enjoy this trailer. You'll notice that one of the people in this trailer is holding an Xbox controller. And then the other person is playing on Nintendo Switch. So, like, and this is a commercial that, correct me if I'm wrong, Tess, but you you saw this on television. 
I saw it as a YouTube advertisement. Or a YouTube, YouTube advertisement. Okay, still. Something that N- Nintendo pays for, actually pays for placement. Mm-hmm. So this is um, very, getting very interesting because we've seen it. We saw it on social media. We saw Nintendo be like, hey, now that we have a shared world, you know, want to help me build something Xbox? And then, like, the Xbox account will respond with, like, an 8-bit heart. And, like, and it goes back and forth. And we're like, yeah, that's, you know, that's funny. But now we're actually seeing commercials. And it's really starting to be pushed where these two groups are coming together to fight off, you know, the the evil being known as PlayStation that just doesn't want to play nice with others. I love this. I'm in I absolutely love this. Like it is making me more of a Nintendo fan and it's and it's honestly bringing me back to the green side. Like I've always like I've been that guy that sat there and tried to defend Xbox against all of you at, at points. I don't let I don't let people pick on Xbox, and I felt like they've been making the right moves. And now this is just like, just icing on the cake, man. It's perfect because you get Xbox, you get Nintendo, and we and we started to talk about like scenarios, like what if, what if these two are getting along so well. Then Nintendo just decides, you know what? We're going to make a deal. We want to use Microsoft's platform for their online services or something like that. Like I imagine what they could do as a, as a as a partnership. Mm-hmm. I don't want Microsoft to buy them. I don't want Nintendo to buy to buy Xbox. I just the fact that they're working together and they're and slowly but surely more and more things are starting to connect between the two, like Minecraft, Rocket League. Paladins, like there's a lot of cross play going on. I'm uh I'm I love this idea. What do you think about what's going on here? Is this something that you like or you don't like? I think this is uh, a quintessential example of the enemy of my enemy is my ally. <laughs> 100%. It's like, oh, uh Sony is up there on top and we're both up here like looking up going, "Huh, you want to work together and see if we can kick their ass?" Sure do. Like, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, and 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 I think you know we can we can look to uh, we had a community stream that we organized a community game night we organized you know uh, try to do it every week but sometimes every other week through our Discord through our looking for group channel and we did Rocket League this week uh, for you know last Friday night and we had one player on PC two players on Xbox the rest of us all on Switch all playing together all having a great time. Cross-play across these platforms is what's best for video game players. Yeah. And it's super clear. Look at the frustration that's happened uh, with people in their Fortnite accounts. Yep. Um, and, and, and like, and that that's petty squabbling over money. And that's not what's best for game players. I, I love that we were able to get Rick uh, Rocket League on Xbox. He doesn't know switching. He was hopping right in and playing with us. He was, it was his first time playing. So it, it opens up the player base. You're not locked on a little island. You know, like right now, um, I, I'm, I've been playing Doom on the Switch that I bought off test. And I go and I go to queue up. And for multiplayer, it takes me a long time to find a match. Because there's not that many people playing Doom on Switch. Because eh, for a lot of reasons, it's not the ideal for most people. I'm loving it. I'm sure I'll, that'll probably be my gaming moment next week. So yeah. we'll get down to that more. But all I can think is, man, 
this had crossplay. <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't have to sit in these queues forever. I'd be able to find people quicker. And that those are the sort of things that the expansion into crossplay across these platforms is going to do, and it's going to be great. You know, a lot a lot of the like, oh, people could cheat on this platform, or people could do this or that. The differences between the two. Uh, for for ninety nine percent of gamers, that kind of stuff doesn't really matter, right? And especially with games, so, okay, Minecraft's a great example. I I don't know enough about Minecraft, but it's not uber competitive. You know, you're working together to build stuff. There might be competitive aspects of the game. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know about Minecraft, but that's a great that's a great opportunity for those sort of games to work in that way. So yeah, I, I love it. I think it's the interesting part that you that you bring up with it is just the it's it's. It's all positive for the developer. Mm-hmm. It's all good for the developer. And for moving in the future, and we talked about crossplay being the future. Like we've talked about this idea where Phil Spencer has taken the stage and is like, we want to do we're open to do to cross play with anyone. You know, and that was and then obviously the first the first uh <coughs> deal was with Nintendo and but at the same time it was like it kept growing and growing with Nintendo where PlayStation wouldn't budge and yeah there was the back and forth about like what you know oh well you know our we want to keep our kids safe on the PlayStation and then now it's like oh well we're willing to listen to our our community you know to improve their gaming experience and, you know like they won't PlayStation just won't open their doors but bottom line is is that this only helps the developer and like you just said Psionic Creators of Rocket League benefited last Friday because of crossplay. Our our friend who has an Xbox, where most of our friends do not play Rocket League on Xbox, purchased it digitally through his Xbox because he knew he could play with his friends playing on Nintendo Switch. Otherwise, he would have never bought that game. Would have yeah, never touched it. And he bought it on his Xbox. Yeah, he didn't go out and buy a Switch and buy it on the Switch because other people were playing it on the Switch. And I'm not saying that that's how it's going to work every time, but the fact that you open it up, your your player base isn't going to dwindle. If if PlayStation opened their doors tomorrow, and the same scenario happened, and all I had was a PlayStation, but I knew I could play with my friends, I'd just buy the game on PlayStation because it's what I have. So, to me, it helps the developer. You're going to see as this continues to grow, you're going to see these developers be more successful, generate more revenue, which allows them to hire more people, which means their games are going to have quicker turnaround times, which means their release dates are actually going to hit on time instead of 17 delays every every game. Like it is a healthier situation for developers. The problem comes to the big three, and two of them are willing to work on it right now, and one of them is just being stubborn. And to me, this starts to move in a direction where, you know, yes, you own studio, Sony owns studios, so they're going to have exclusives, but like that third party exclusive is going to stop showing up at Sony's door. Those indie games that are exclusive to Sony are going to stop showing up because they're going to look at the value. Of being able to have all this crossplay over here across multiple across everything, and say, well, why do I want to lock it down in an exclusive you know box that yeah you have a lot of systems but over here I can reach, you know, and I know right now Sony has eighty plus million, and but give give Nintendo a little bit more time and the the, the moves that Xbox are making is helping them out that that advantage is going to dwindle quickly and so i just think sony's setting themselves up that if they don't come to come to play with this concept it's gonna hurt them 
and, you know, th- this is all speculation, but w- what would happen if sometime in the next year a developer were to come to Microsoft and go, hey, you know, I want to want to produce this game. I'm also really interested in Switch. And then Microsoft go, well, how about you make it an exclusive to us and Switch and just leave Sony out? Like, I don't know how that yeah. deal would financially work, but... You know, they. I'm. Sh- I'm sure the companies, if they want that, they can negotiate. Like, listen, you can put it on us. You can put it on Switch. There will be crossplay, especially if it was something that was a free to play game. You know, something along those lines. Like, hey, it's gonna be crossplay. We, you know, all across one ecosystem. You know, across multiple ecosystems, but all one gaming community. Just cut out Sony if they don't want to play with us. Don't develop it. Like th- those sort of deals could be worked out, yeah. and that potential could also help swing. You know, if they if it was a killer game, it could swing people to again. Buy a Switch or trade in their PlayStation because PlayStation doesn't want to play ball. A great example of that would be I own Rocket League on three systems. I own it on the Xbox, the Switch, and the PS4. I bought it on the Switch and the Xbox. I just bought it on the Xbox. I bought it on the Switch when it, when it came out. The only system I didn't buy it on was PS4 because I got it for free through through uh, PlayStation Network or PlayStation Plus. I had that one first. But because of the walls, I went out and paid, what, 30, 50 bucks, I think, all around to have Rocket League on two different platforms that I play it more on now than the one I got it for pretty much being a member of Sony's network. So that is a prime example of like, because I want the ability to share and play with my friends, and I do have friends that don't have a Switch, and you know I want that ability to cross-play, I actually went and spent money elsewhere. So not only did we prove that someone that has an Xbox and is capable of enjoying a game with anybody can go on their Xbox and buy it, and Microsoft didn't lose money to Nintendo. But I just proved the opposite side that Sony lost money because I had to go buy it somewhere else because I can't play with the people that I want to play with. If if I also owned an Xbox, if I was in your situation, you own both platforms, and you see cross-play is available, I I would never buy it on PlayStation, ever, if it was a game that involved cross-play. Because I go, oh, here's all the friends I can play with, PC, Switch, and Xbox, three platforms, well, one. Why would, you, why would anyone make that choice? And I know yeah. there's games coming up, that's going to be the reason why you're going to make that choice. Yep. And, you know, it's a no-brainer. And, uh, let's get tested on this one because it is uh, it, it is Nintendo-based. And we were talking a little bit about the fact that um, I've never really cared nor played Minecraft. And you're kind of in that same boat. You've never really given two shits about Minecraft. And we're both going to buy this game on the Switch. My reason is I want... <laughs> I want to support this movement. The idea that these two are marketing together and they're having this fun together, I want to support it. And I want to, so I want to show them that, that it's worth them continuing to market this. And I think you're in the same boat. 100%. I, you know, Minecraft came out in 2009, right? So it's been out, you know, for almost 10 years. It's been out on a plethora of different platforms, all uh, platforms that I've had, right? It's not like the Switch is the first console that I've had that's able to play Minecraft, but almost on principle alone. I'm like, well, you know, I've, I've got a couple of buddies on PC who are interested in playing it because they can cross play. Like, w- we all have had the, the capabilities of doing it forever, 
but we just now want to because they're letting us play together. You know, we could all buy it on PC, but we don't want to. I don't want to buy a PC game because I like the ability to play my Switch wherever. So the last thing I want to do is buy a game that I can only play on PC. So now that I can play this game on PC, or I can play this game on my Switch, but with people on PC, you know, three out of the four major ways of gaming right now, being Microsoft, Nintendo's, and PC, can all play this game together. Like, why wouldn't you just pick it for, pick it up for whatever console is most convenient to you and be on your way? So I will, by the end of this week, own this game, you know, and, and kind of crack into Minecraft for the first time, you know, ever. Yeah. Yeah, so let us know what you think on Discord. I think this is a super hot topic right now. It's something that's frustrating a lot of people and just causing you know problems with fr- from Fortnite to just the fact that us personally, our community has now shown how awesome it is to be able to play Rocket League with each other. No matter, I mean, minus PlayStation, it doesn't matter where you're at. So, and that's cool. I didn't know that we had a uh, PC player join us on. Yeah, Friday. yeah. Do- Doge was in. Oh, the okay. Doge Lord. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 just for clarification, because it, you know we know about Rocket League, so I can speak to Rocket League. You can cross play uh, PC to PlayStation Rocket League. That's the only way. So again, it's still like they won't let you play with the other console systems. So so it's in no way another Microsoft platform, mind you. No 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 no. Uh, yeah yeah yeah. Okay, I Windows. get what you're saying. Yes, it is still Microsoft <laughs> platform. Um, but the um. It's it's hundred percent capable. There's nothing. There's nothing stopping them other than pettiness. It's bad when an ex CEO comes out and literally blasts your own the company that he used to work for and says, honestly, when I was a CEO there, the only reason they wouldn't do it is because of money. That's not good. <laughs> like like your your ex dude came out and said that. Now maybe you left on bad terms, and so he's so he's angry and wants to throw you under the bus. But like. I don't know. I, I just, to me, that's a bad look. It's a bad look when someone says, "Yeah, we talked about this in the past, and and it was a big no because we like money." So I don't know. It made it made Microsoft twenty bucks this week. So that's what I'm saying. All right, all right. Let's move into uh, some Nintendo talk here. We've uh, we just got done giving them some props, and now we're gonna we're gonna talk about their security issues. So the Switch has been been uh, being hacked. Uh, left and right, and and from the reports, there's little that Nintendo was able to do initially. A ton, a ton of um, you know problems with with the processor having uh, vulnerabilities, and there was no way to fix it unless they ship out a new switch. Blah blah blah. Well, now hackers have found a way where they can import their own profile pictures. And of course, when people figure this out, they keep it really clean and they don't do anything they shouldn't do, right? Oh, of course. There's nothing. There's no group of people on the earth more wholesome and uh, accommodating to what is good for the general public than the gaming community, right? So when your parent comes into the room and is watching their kid play Mario Odyssey, and then they're playing in this new um, what is the mode called? Balloon? Balloon something? Yeah, it's like, it's like a hide the balloon yeah. thing. Mm. Well, when you play this multiplayer game, your profile picture gets put on the balloon. And there was giant penises running around everywhere. That's because people have started to upload porn into the profile pics and which are now being seen within Mario games like Mario Odyssey. 
This is a problem. This is a big problem security-wise for Nintendo. This is that problem where Sony can hold it above everyone and say, well, you see, on our platform, people can't do that, so we're just keeping the kids safe. They can use these garbage excuses as to why they won't open their gates. But in all reality, Nintendo has an issue here, and I know that they've... um, They've started to they found new ways to authenticate the Switch where um, these hacked these hacked systems are running hacked games, right? And there's a way for them to see if a system is running a unofficial game, you know, non non licensed game, and that that case, if they find that they ban they ban the system from the online services. So they are finding ways around to try to to try to improve this situation, but. The problem is, is that if it really is a hardware, you know, um, issue, you have what seventeen million of these out now. There's a lot out there now. <laughs> uh oh, the, like, the troubles of success. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, what I mean, thoughts on this as far as uh, now? Now you have this system that's you know focused towards younger the younger crowd that. As a parent, you have to question if you want to allow it to have online. Like, there's obviously uh, parental controls built in the Switch, so you could sit there and say, disable online f- uh, features. But are you upset that you bought this system that, you know, you want them to have these kids to have some online features to it, but you have to disable it because Nintendo can't protect them? It, it's tough. And I, I think. We will know this um, if slash when we have children that anytime you're letting your child game online, you you give up a certain amount of control because they're connecting with people that you have no filter for. And you 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 can't 100 percent rely on Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, whoever to filter out the creeps and the losers in the world to do things like this. Um, Belch, excuse me. <laughs> I would be hopeful that once Nintendo Online launches, because there's a little bit more involved to having an account, and I would hope that they could fix this by then. There has to be different levels of authentication or however that would work to, hey, listen, if you have a Switch Online account, you know, Nintendo account, well, you have to use one of the default pictures, and it would more quickly flag that. Like, I, I would hope there could be a quick solution by quick. I mean, I guess September's not that quick, but, <laughs> you know. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, th- there's definitely ways they could resolve this. But as a parent letting your kids game, you got to pay attention to what they're doing. And I, I know that's hard because maybe you're like, hey, Johnny's hour that he's playing video games this weekend is like my hour to do whatever parents would need to do. Um, but at the same time, like you, you need to be vigilant and know that if your child's playing something with online features and you don't think, you don't think Mario Odyssey, you don't think online features, you know, unfortunately, right. You think you're, you think it's safe, but, um, well, you, you think know, Nintendo, you don't think online features. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's their own <laughs> fault. Um, honestly, you want, you want the next fix the, on the very next system patch, whatever it is, if it's rolling out tomorrow, you add a button where people can report, Profile images of a user. Yeah. Because you can't do that right now. So if you can't do it right now because you thought no one could upload a custom image, well, now they can. And you maybe you don't have a fix to stop it, but if you have a fix where people can report that and it flags an account that then Nintendo can look into, 
that's better than nothing, mm-hmm. you know, because put put a little bit of power into the players' hands, let them make the reports, and then you follow up on it. And, and that's the best you can do right now, I think, with this with this particular situation. They have come out and said that they're the new security measures that they built for um, perfectly detecting illegally installed games, and that's great. Great, because, yeah, you're going to catch hackers that way. You're catching people that are technically doing things to the Nintendo Switch that void your, you know, your um, policies. They're protecting themselves, but they're not protecting us. Right, but, I mean, someone that hacks it, doesn't install a video game, uploads a picture of their junk, slaps it on a Mario Odyssey balloon, and runs around, you know, terrorizing younger people... Or anyone at that, and, and you know, it doesn't have to be just the young. I'd welcome people. it. I think it's great. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Well, there'll be special rooms for you. It'll be <laughs> the yeah. pervert room. Yeah. But um, the Waluigi suite. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, you got to do something, and I think it's easy as adding a report button in, so that you can that we can flag accounts, so that Nintendo can look into them at a later point. Is it, at least a band aid at this point. Not a solution, not a complete solution, but it's a band-aid. So, which means I better take my pictures down off of uh, off my switch. Yeah, it was a lot of work for you to hack it, but um, you know, you really wanted that My Little Pony. No uh, one really ba- knows. Image. No one really knows what my image is because it's so small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just they think it's like an egg. Yeah, just like a little. They think it's a Yoshi egg. Yeah, the like, coloration's very strange. It's very, <laughs> very strange. <laughs> Next topic. Oh, by the way, that topic was, uh, no, no. Yeah, that was. That was the Patreon news topic of the week. My bad. I didn't give them their shout out. Patreon! Jazz is not here. It's throwing me off my game. So. Man, I remember, I wanted to talk about something different. I remember what it was. Was it the Atari? Were yeah. you the one that voted on the Atari? Yeah, of course I was. I, see, I knew it. Um, basically, what happens every week is all, if you're a patron, you get to vote on a topic. We usually give you three or four options, and and the uh, you know the one that wins the vote that becomes the Patreon news topic of the week. So Mario Porn was the winner. Uh, it was a pretty deli- a pretty easy winner this time around. I think you were the only one that voted for Atari. Yeah, well, there's some I'm, major heat coming down on Atari for this. Did you, I, I I didn't read the article. Oh, okay. I was I I figured if it won, I was gonna gonna yeah. read for it. Well, to, well, we'll we'll talk about it. Maybe mm. maybe we'll do a little uh, little side video holding your well, phone up on Instagram. Yeah, there we go. But uh, let's let's move into our last topic of the uh, show here, and this is one that hit late last week that has kind of stirred a lot of conversation as far as you know what's causing this, and that is that GameStop confirms that they are uh, in talks for a potential buyout. So some rumors started to uh, float on Friday that someone had approached GameStop with an offer. And GameStop, instead of saying, uh, no, we're not interested in anything, actually turned around and said, oh, okay, tell me more. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank God! Someone's an S- idiot! Let's talk to us. them! Wait, you have money and you want to buy this company? Okay, let's uh, let's let's find a little spot to sit down and talk. But, probably a little kid with a penny ba- piggy bank yeah. and they're like, how much you got on that piggy bank? We will we'll listen to anyone. Right. So, um, it, it's not like... Um, you know, it's not like another company that we would know. These are these are like um, you know banks and firms that are uh, that are 
in talks about a potential buyout for this company and it started to bring up question about like is digital gaming you know purchases really starting to affect the industry with things like gamers club going away amazon took away their uh their 20 percent off and except for on uh the first like pre-orders or whatever only um where it used to be the first two weeks you could Mm -hmm. still get it and now we have gamestop that's talking about like let's just get the hell out you know, and this is on the heels of some of the um, the board, you know, of GameStop coming back and saying, "Hey, we want to see change. We want to see uh, some adjustments made because we're not happy with the direction we're going." And I don't know who else who would be happy when you're talking about a company that has lost 32 percent of its stock value in the last 12 months. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to come out of um, two holiday seasons in the hole. You know, generally, you don't think, like, I would never think of GameStop and say, oh, yeah, how did the holiday go? Oh, probably great. No, they lost $19 million compared to the previous year. Oh. And then next year, like, we lost another $16 million compared to the previous year. Oh. So, yeah, um, it's not good. It doesn't look good. And I think, you know, there's a big problem with, in my opinion, GameStop has half-assed everything that they've tried to do in the last 10 years. And that is what's catching up to them. And Best Buy, you know, uh, we we both, we worked at Best Buy. Worst for, purchase if you yeah, would. For a good period of time. A spell if we you would. We watched Best Buy start going down this road. They would try to, you know, do something and they would just, just shoehorn it in and that's good enough and it would fail and and over and over and over again and the stocks just started to plummet and job positions got eliminated and things looked bad the difference is is that best buy pulled their head out of their ass and said we're going to try some things differently and it worked and they've rebounded quite well gamestop never did it was like you know a lot of their their plans were just spend money spend money spend money don't invest in the things that we just spent money in. Let's spend more money on something else and never really nurture anything to be a full concept. And, you know, great examples of these would be like the retro gaming scene that they wanted to so badly get a, be part of. And then just like, let's, let's not even half ass. It's like a, it's like a crack addict sitting there in an abandoned house being like, yeah, I could sell retro video games right here in this room. Like, that's what it reminds me of. It's so bad, and it never got better. It it, it got worse because they gave up. And that's what I think that's the thing about GameStop that I, I always think about is, like, they come out with this idea, and they're like, we're going to bring out this elite pro concept, and it's going to do all these things so that we can compete with with with, game, with uh, Best Buy and Amazon over here, and they don't think things through, and it's like, here it is. And people buy it instantly and go, we found a way to loophole this where you're giving us money, and we walk away with your video games. And GameStop's like, oh, crap, cancel the program, cancel the program, and they just killed it, and they walked away. It's like, they never plan they never test they never and if they do then they don't do it well enough and so they're in this boat now and it's scary because yes you are looking at the number one store in the you know in the world pretty much for a direct gaming boutique store that could technically be bought out and then liquidated for all we know this is not another game store coming in this isn't 
you know, Disc Replay, which is, a lo- I mean, they're they're not just local, but they're here in Michigan. At least regional, that, yeah. as far as we know. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's not a, a company like that looking to buy, you know, uh, infrastructure so that they can expand. This is like, these are like, you know, investment firms and stuff like that that could sit there and be like, well, we could buy this bad debt here and then we can flip it off over here and liquidate it out, pay ourselves millions like they just did in to- with Toys R Us and bankruptcy the company in five years. That very well could be the plan. So <laughs> that's bad. That's bad for physical sales. You know, so as much as I go and look at it and go, this could be good because if a new company buys into it and really, you know, invests in it and and plan and builds a real company, GameStop could make could make a comeback for sure. But for the people that we've talked about this with. Um, you know that like to buy uh, invalid, for example. I think he's in the he's in the chat right now on Twitch. For the people that you know, like they're like, I love physical video games. This is scary because you already have other people kind of pulling their hands out of the you know of the game and just sitting here saying, Yeah, we're gonna still sell games, but we're taking all of our perks away. Well, what's after that, right? Like when you think of when you think of uh, Best Buy, it goes, Okay, um, we had an amazing selection of CDs. Then we kind of like, you know, backed off. Then we reduced it down to one aisle. Then we just decided, you know what, we're not selling CDs anymore. It's just a matter of time. So this could really be that shift where you lose GameStop. Where's that anchor store? Where is that business that's going to step up and, and replace them? And there's no one right now, in my opinion, set up to do that. Unless a place like Best Buy wants to then change their mind and step back in, you know. Otherwise, you're sitting back and you're like, "Oh man, I'm really going to be buying all my games digitally in a couple years." And this could, ex- you know, we've talked about how digital digital sales have gotten you know bigger and bigger every year. This could accelerate it big time. So, what do you think of this? It's it's tough because I, I want to th- I want to throw this out there to you. When was the last time you went to a GameStop and felt like you got a deal? You don't. You it's, don't at all yeah. on anything. The only reason I go to a GameStop is because out of sheer laziness. Mm-hmm. I go I, I go GameStop is the closest store to me. I just want my game and go home. I know that any game I buy from GameStop. As long as it's carried by Best Buy, I get it for less at Best Buy. Now, given, eventually that won't be the case, but right now it is. So, I drove out of my way today to get my wife Lego Incredibles 2 because she loves her Legos games. Because I got it for $40 after my Reward Zone cert, my my Gamers Club discount, I walked away with a $60 game for $38. At, At GameStop, it would have been $60. And I'm a pro member. I'm the highest level I can be or whatever of their of their perks. And all that gets me is like, yeah, if I buy used games, I get, you know, a couple dollars extra off and stuff. But like I don't I don't generally buy used games. Like I'm the guy that goes in and buys new games, you know, and then keeps them. So if your your plan doesn't really benefit me at all, the only thing it does is I get points, but even your point system is so broken that I could sit there and have so many points that when I walk in, finally, someone goes, wow, man, do you know you have 120,000 points on your pro card? And I was like, and I looked right at him. I go, what does that mean? 
What can I do with them? He's like, oh, well, I mean, like, you could redeem them for a, you know, a gift certificate or a gift card. And I was like, okay, well, like, how much can I get? He's like, well, right now you have enough for $100. And, and I'm like, what? I'm like, no one's, t like, this is how bad your system is that I didn't know that. That's bad. And that's the problem with GameStop is that they don't, they don't educate their, 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 you know, consumer base. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've never gone. I've never gone to get a deal at GameStop unless it's like a Black Friday or something, which everyone has deals at that. It just you know. I, I used to. I used to feel like that was the store to go get a deal, though. I used to feel that way, and that was also before everyone else was in the selling used games game. If you would, you can go into a Target, and they, they, I'm pretty sure they sell. You know. Uh, yeah, they games. try. They have five you, or you know, six. Yeah, you know, a lot, and a lot, all pretty much all stores at least try that now. Um, but I used to feel like I'd go there and find a hot deal on a title, you know. And I just look every time I go in there, I look at their price and go, "Hey, eh, it's never, it's never a good enough deal to make me be like, oh, this is the game I want to buy today." Accessories, they always feel like they're top dollar. Cases, they oh, like nothing. They used used to be able to go in and at least buy like the GameStop brand, you know, of something and feel like, oh man, this is like. $20 less than the Nintendo brand one or whatever. I don't feel like it's like that now. And that's why I never choose to go to GameStop currently because I don't see value in what they offer within that store other than it's a quick in and out if they yeah. have enough employees there. Right. Sometimes you go in and you have to wait 15 minutes just to get rung up because there's one kid in there Yep, trying his best to do what he can do, you know? Yeah, but it's... And I mean, there's a reason why they've closed. they closed 150 stores last year. You know, like they they are struggling bad, and I mean, even their presence at convention. Like we used to go, and GameStop used to eat up the middle of that convention hall and have all sorts of stuff going on. Th this last PAX East, like I felt bad for them. How like their their booth, their little booth was like they're indie developers that had more going on than them, and I was like, wow. Like it is easy to see that they have no idea how to save themselves. And so if a company's going to come in and actually try to save them, I'm all for it. If a company's going to come in and try to do what they did to Toys R Us, that's what I'm scared of. Because we have, you know, investment firms that came in, paid themselves millions of dollars in bonuses as CEOs and whatever once they took over the company, then filed bankruptcy because it's legal to do this crazy shit, and then took away all of the employees lifelines oh you've been here for 25 years and you were going to get a severance pa package no sorry not anymore no one's getting severance packages because uh, John over here took a 4 million dollar bonus like that's what could happen to GameStop here in a, sh in a couple years like it could be a it could be a short lifespan if that's the road we're seeing I just hope it's a company and you know hopefully we find out more soon I just hope it's a company that actually believes in the brand and believes that they can revitalize the brand. I will say that come August, when my gamers club from Best Buy runs out, I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate what ga different GameStop memberships are like. I've never felt the need to have one because I've had Gamers Club and that cool twenty percent off a new title. Nothing else is as good as the deal of that. So, you know, maybe I am going to look into how to accumulate more points or how to get more value on trade-ins now that I occasionally trade in games. By that, I mean I've done it twice now. Yeah, <laughs> um, two games. I've twice now, one game each time. Yes, I've traded in two games total. <laughs> um, 
And so it's something I'm going to look into, but it's just as someone who's been a lifelong gamer and used to love Funko Land, used to love EB, and used to love GameStop, I've just, I never, the last game I purchased at a GameStop, I think was Borderlands the pre-sequel. I'm not sure I've bought any games from a GameStop since. Yeah, and we got people in here right now saying, like, um, in the in the Twitch chat saying, you know, Elite Pro works, um, you know, but you're only getting deals on Pro Days and stuff like that. Like, I get that they have deals. The problem is, is their deals are never better than anyone else's deals. So, like, example, Invalid went out and got Horizon Zero Dawn for twenty bucks, got Witcher for twenty bucks. Like, I had, I could, I've seen those same deals everywhere else. So what drives me to GameStop? It's not their exclusive toys. They bought ThinkGeek, for God's sakes. They spent how much money to acquire ThinkGeek? And if anything, they drove ThinkGeek into the ground. In a way where it's like, I don't even like ThinkGeek the way I used to before they were part of a GameStop because now I go into a GameStop and I can't even walk through GameStop (laughs) because the aisles are so congested with bullshit that I don't care about. That now I'm mad at ThinkGeek. I'm like, just get this crap out of my game store. I blame Funko Pops. That's one thing. <laughs> you don't need a whole row of, of 200 different Funko Pops. Like, you're a game store. Put video game Funko Pops in there if you want. Keep everything else out of there. If that was your idea to save your company, you dropped 32% in the last 12 months. It's not working. I don't go to GameStop to buy $200 Gallahorn piece of plastic. I go to buy Destiny 2. That's what I do. It was still a mistake, but that's what I gave you my money for. I'd rather see a rack of garbage clearance games that I'm like, ooh, this game is $4. Let me buy this, even though it's total trash, than a lot of those collectibles. Because that's what you yeah, that's what you go into a GameStop for. And that's the reason I like going to local game stores is because you can find a title that's total trash that's eight years old for a dollar ninety nine and take it home and play it. I like that. Yeah. You don't get to do that at GameStop. Alright, so now we're getting yelled we're getting yelled at in the Twitch chat. People are defending GameStop. So I just want to clarify something, okay? For the people that are defending GameStop The only reason you are defending GameStop is because of the individual experience you have had at your local store, okay? I know that there are great people at some of these stores. I have met them. We are friends with some of them. I worked at a GameStop. Don't like to admit it, but I've been there. This is why I know how bad the company is ran. The problem isn't the local store. You can have people that you believe in, that you go there. You go to GameStop because you believe that John here, when you walk in and say, what's the best game for my PS4 right now? I don't have anything to play. And he recommends something and you trust him. That's just one-to-one. That is not corporate level. He doesn't have control over the fact of when, you know, this when this buyout happens and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you want to buy a video game? Sure. But first you got to fill out this credit card application. It's a mandatory. Like, you you, that's not his call. Okay? When I worked at GameStop, I got written up if I didn't ask enough people to buy used games over new games. I got written up if I didn't have enough pre-sales because I didn't ask you every time, like, oh, you're buying Pokemon? You want the uh, other six Pokemon that are coming out in, uh, in two years? Uh, let's just lock that down because you never know how many copies are going to be made. People are like, dude, just get off my back. I want to buy a video game from you. The fa- like, if you've ever gone into a GameStop and been annoyed as fuck, because, like, guess what? We all have. You ever been walked in and 
three seconds walking in, you got someone in your face right now with the, they got tablets now. <laughs> yeah. They're fucking strapped. They, they literally lock them to their arm like you get this off when your shift's over. And he goes, hey, let me look up your account and see what kind of deals you got today. I'm like, dude, I just walked in the door. Let me walk around the store. So none of that is their fault. That's corporate. That's them driving this garbage down your throat. And that's the problem with this company. I have plenty of, of GameStops I've walked into and met people that I've enjoyed to talk about video games with. But the company itself is not healthy, and, and to defend it and support it is not right, unfortunately, because these people, A, the people that you like in these stores aren't being treated right anyways. You know? You want them to be in an environment where they can actually, like, actually help you. To a level that they can, you know, truly reach. The, the I think an issue that GameStop has, and it's a, an issue that another company that's not doing well has had, uh, Guitar Center. A lot of the allure is it's a cool place to work. It's a fun place to work. You get to work around stuff you're passionate about. So you don't have to pay the kids that want to work there that much. You don't have to treat the people all that well because the work itself is kind of fun. Selling video games is fun. Selling musical equipment is fun. And I, that's the, you know, I, I will admit that I think also Best Buy had a little bit of that when we worked there. It was a True. fun enough place to work. Yeah. So, you know. For a while. Yeah. Then it changed, which so. I think is what we're seeing here. I think this is, I think we're honestly seeing the downfall of a company unless they, unless they drastically turn it around and, and reinvent themselves. And part of it is GameStop has to figure out how to play with, and this is, it comes back to like Sony playing with Xbox and, and Nintendo. GameStop has to figure out how to play with the digital world. They have to figure out how they can get GameStop brand into a digital environment where people want to use their platform. And, you know, I don't have the answer for you. I think, you know, I think the problem is is that your current perks with, you know, being a pro member or an elite member, first of all, it's too convoluted. There's like four different layers of like, well, you could be a member and it's free, but you get no perks. And then you pay $10 a, $10 a year and you become a, a VIP. But if you pay $15 a year, you become a VIP pro. But if you pay $24.99 a year, then you become a VIP pro elite. And it's like, it's too much. It's too. It's just too confusing for a company that sells video games to kids primarily. Like, and and if the kids not coming in, who's coming in for the games then? The parents who know even less. So like, that's how we all ended up with Game Informer back in the day or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Our moms would go that's in to I buy us a game. Game Informer, and my mom's like, for ten dollars, I could get you this membership card that gets you a ten percent discount on used games and magazines for the year. Like, cool, thanks, mom. I appreciate that. They need to make it easy. Yeah. So, it, you know, they have to figure that out. They have to they have to clean it up, and they have to build a program around their fan base. Around you know, if you're going to look at it like a PlayStation Network or an Xbox Live or on Nintendo Online Service, uh, you know, Gamers Club. Even though it's you know, rest in peace. Programs like that, there the perks are focused on multiple ways. So when you look at you know any of those. 
you can sit there and say, all right, there's an advantage for free games every month. There's an advantage I get to play with my friends online. There's an advantage that I get discounts on games. There's an advantage that I, you know, I get, uh, you know, access to um, Xbox Insider, which gives me an advantage, you know, um, options into being an alpha tester. It, like, there's all these different things. Some of them mean nothing to me, but some of them, those things that mean nothing to me might mean everything to you. And the advantage is that they've, they've, you know, diversified their platform enough that everyone finds value in it. The, and that's the problem with, with GameStop's platform right now is that not I don't I personally find no value in it. And it's because I don't care to I just don't care about used games. And and you know, that's that's a big problem when I come in and, and one reason why I don't care about used games anymore is because I can go to Best Buy and buy a game for forty eight bucks that's sixty dollars. Or I can go to GameStop and buy it used for forty six dollars. Usually fifty two. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's usually cheaper to go with the gamers club deal. Which again, that's again, I that's might a problem. I might start buying more used games again now. Once the gamers that goes club, away. you know, and for yeah. me, because we know we know I'm down to save a couple bucks. But you know, you can still get that through Amazon. Yeah, if you if for you, now for the games, yeah, for now. So if for I pre order, so like Spider Man, you know, you can get it for forty eight. Even if gamers club was dead, you know, you can get it for forty eight. Why would you? Why would you a wait for a used copy and then? even bother with a used copy when you just get it brand new for the same price, if not a few dollars cheaper. You know? And, and so, and then once you're beyond that, once you're beyond the used games, what what advantages are there for their, you know? Like, they have Pro Days, which was brought up in the chat. And Pro Days are something that you can go on Instagram and you can find some of these, you know, like, I don't want to call them famous gamers, but uh, gaming communities within Instagram. That will show you when pro days come live. Go buy these games, then drive to a different GameStop, trade them in with your bonus, and you'll walk, and you'll actually make a hundred extra dollars. Hmm. That is not. <laughs> it's not healthy. It's not healthy, and that's also not like that's not what I'm. I'm not. Maybe when I was younger and hustling, trying to make an extra couple bucks so I could buy something extra. But now I'm like, I look at that and I go. A, I don't want to do that, and and B, that is a huge problem for the company again. So, I don't know. I um, I'm hoping it's not the Toys R Us route, but I'm really worried that it could be. I, when I, you're talking the loss in the last twelve months, that type of that type of loss in in industry, it that's not good. I'm a big fan. Of owning physical games, you and I both are, and I'd love to say that once my gamers club runs out, and if I'm not getting something on Prime, if I didn't pre-order it, let's say it's a it's th- a month after the game came out, and you, I'm like, oh, you know what, I got extra sixty bucks in my pocket. I, I do want to get this game. Uh, every, you know, like, let's say you've been playing it. You, oh, you've been having a great time with it. I want to pick it up and play with you. I still think the odds of me going into a GameStop, unless they have incentive for me to do so, is really low because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy it when I'm at Meyer buying groceries. I'm going to buy it at Target when I'm there buying uh, shorts with my wife or something. Like I, I'm more likely to buy video games at a big box store instead of taking the time to specifically go to a video game store. And that's that's the unfortunate thing of like it fitting into my life. I don't, unless I'm at the mall, I don't go to a GameStop. I, I never drive to a GameStop. I find more, like you just mentioned Target, for example, or, or like, you know, just your, your big shops, you know, multi-purpose stores. I find more value in Target than I do GameStop because 
when they're buy two get one free sale comes. They do stuff like that all like all the time. Nintendo DS games, buy two get one free are awesome deals. <laughs> you're going there and you're spending like sixty bucks and you're leaving with three top tier Nintendo yeah. games or something like that. I always will jump on that because yeah. that's a good deal. And it's just like for me, and like I never feel like that's the drive to go to GameStop. Even you know what? What if? You know, it'd be a hot deal. Buy a new, you know, if it was something they ran once a year or something like that. Or if you, let's say, let's say you got a, one of those premium memberships, uh, buy a new title, get a free used $20 title or something. Yeah. That I'd be like, okay, I'll at least buy one new game a year there and go pick like, a, you know, Bloodborne or just some like four year old game off the rack to take home. Like, that's the sort of incentive that wouldn't really cost them that much because you'd be eating up the games they want to get rid of anyway and give me incentive to start buying there. Things like that. Promotional ideas that give you more value. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and their idea that they tried to do was interesting, at least, with the idea of that of their, uh, I forgot what they were actually calling it, but it was where you could rent a game, technically. Oh, yeah. Didn't that didn't that blow up really fast? They killed it before it actually technically, it got to test, it got to, like, test market, but it never went beyond that because there were some major issues where these stores were being depleted of their inventory because they never thought about everyone the, wanting to do it. The infrastructure that they needed for the logistics side of renting games, they didn't have in place. They just thought it was a, like they just rolled it out. And this is again another example of GameStop being GameStop. So, you know, it was an interesting idea. Could you revitalize that and bring it back instead of just kill it off and then just go go you know quiet on it? And you know that's that's where we're at with this. So we'll have to see what happens. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that are on both sides of this fence in the Twitch chat. We can continue this conversation in the Discord. Uh, you can join it for free, talk with gamers from around the world every day. And the Discord, you can click the link that's right there in uh, the Twitch chat if you're watching us live. Otherwise, go to gameslovemedia.com, hit that Discord button right there, and you're in. And we can uh, go, go, to the, go to the general gaming channel, and let's keep talking about GameStop if you want. I used to love Funko Land. I like Disc Replay. For the most part, there there is a world for physical video game stores. The problem with GameStop is that they got too they got too cocky, too big, didn't care about what they were actually trying to deliver as a value, and then other people came up and just punched them in the face with things like gamer club, gamers club, like Best Buy had still probably has such a small part of the retail industry when it comes to selling video games compared to GameStop. Yet, they did a better job with it. And 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 by better job, maybe it shot them in the foot and maybe that's why they're getting rid of it, but, but bottom line is, they brought value that, that, like, no other physical store, and yes, you got Amazon, but no other physical store could match. I think one big difference, though, with with Best Buy as an example, is they have uh, six other departments to support. True. You know, it's like yeah. GameStop is a hundred percent reliant on selling hardware, software, and knickknacks. Where you know, you know, Best Buy, okay, maybe we're gonna not make a, as many dollars on our games. Well, it's a good thing we're selling a, a buttload of washers and dryers and Bluetooth headphones and stuff like the company yeah. in itself is less reliant on video games and can use getting people in the store to buy video games as a tactic to get them to look at TVs because it worked with me yesterday. I traded in 
my game, and then I spent a while looking at thousand uh, dollar TVs. So no, and that's and GameStop uh, doesn't have that. Disc replay is the same idea. They they they've diversified. Where they're, yes, they're primarily a video game store, but they also sell TVs and computers yeah. and and cameras and all sorts of you know manga for God's sakes. So <laughs> manga, manga. So, um, but you know, GameStop tried to do that. You can get phones. But we talked about it's kind of half-assed. I don't want to buy a phone at a GameStop. <laughs> get an iPod. I don't want to buy an iPod there. You can get, get, um, um, yeah, that's all I got. So here's another thing that's super different in the world we live in now than when t- 10 years ago. 10 years ago, what did we have? We had, uh, you can go into like a resale store and buy something. You could go to eBay or if you wanted to die, you could buy something off Craigslist. Now there's <laughs> now there's offer up. There's Facebook marketplaces. There's so many secondary markets to directly sell things to people that why would I want to buy a used iPad at GameStop when there's some guy here that's selling it for uh, 120 bucks when GameStop's going to sell for 230. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there are again, I'm I'm a, I'm a deal guy. There are way better deals more readily available on the secondary market for electronics that's why gamestop can't successfully do that yeah i mean bottom line and we can and we can move on to to whatever's next but bottom line is gamestop invested 100 percent of their efforts in secondhand gaming reselling used games that's what they were that's what they were right when you thought of GameStop, before any of these other mom and pop shops popped up or disc replay moved into town you had gamestop they sold new games and they sold used games, and no one else did it. And the industry, and hard to find accessories, yeah, and which the, was great. And the industry hated them for it because what happens the second time I sell a, co- you know, when I resell this copy, how much of it goes to the developer, to the publisher, to any of them? Zero, right? So they never, no one ever, from the industry standpoint of video games, no one liked GameStop because. They want you selling new copies of John Madden, not 20 copies used of John Madden, because that means nothing to EA, it means nothing to developer, it means nothing to anyone besides GameStop. And that's why GameStop loved it, because it was pure profit off them. Oh, you're going to bring your game in, you bought it from us for $60, we're going to give you, you know... 20 if it's a sports game we're gonna be a dollar we're gonna <laughs> yeah. turn a around a cool nickel don't yeah. spend it all in one place we're gonna turn around and sell it for 800 percent markup and we're gonna and we're gonna bank that but the problem is that business model is dying that's the problem you might like use video games we might get more into use video games as the ability to get brand new games dies off well or sorry get discounts on buying used or new video games but the bottom line is used video game sales are down. Period. And when you and the problem is is that 98% of your growth plan was selling secondhand copies of video games. That's why you're dying. <laughs> Throwing knickknacks on the sidewalls and paying millions and hundred I, I don't even know how much what the deal was. It was a lot of money. To buy ThinkGeek. Like, how was the, how much, like, I would love to see ThinkGeek's, like, revenue. Well, I don't even know. Who knows how good they were doing? Did you buy a company that was at least being profitable? 
And they had to have. They were just yeah. an online store selling weird stuff. Like, yeah, so like they had to be making right. money. Right, and then how do you bring, stuff with good profit margin? I'd bet. How do you bring them into your ecosystem and actually make them worse? You know, like it's just, and that I don't know. Like you never, we talk about we talk about Toys R Us not evolving, right? Toys R Us was the go-to. You went there for your toys. You went there for your bikes. You went there for your Power Wheels. You went there, whatever it was. You went to Toys R Us. Fuck KB Toys. You went to Toys R Us. I was a KB Toys guy. Yeah, well, I mean, you're probably a mall rat. That's why. <laughs> so, get my pretzel, get my KB. <laughs> yeah. But you went to Toys R Us. What happened was Toys R Us never never went with the with the way that the industry was changing. And they became archaic. And, they, and the problem was they were too big to fix themselves quick enough to save themselves. And now we're looking at what? I don't even know how many stores there are at GameStop. A lot. I'm not even sure kids play with toys anymore. It's all tablets. That's and true. That's true. Fortnite. Too. Yeah, but <laughs> right, but and and Fortnite on their tablets. But yeah, but um, you know the problem with GameStop is it's the same. It's, I feel like it's the same boat. They lived with the resale of secondhand games too long, and then they tried quickly when they started to lose money. They were like, oh, oh, we got to change, and then it was just, you know, it was quick reflex like let's do this let's do oh this is popular over here oh that person's having success with this let's try that and it was nothing nothing was originally thought by gamestop oh you're not buying used video games anymore well can i interest you in the set of legend of zelda pine glasses (laughs) are you old enough to drink do you like the legend of zelda well i have a collection of pine glasses for you yes exactly i'm not gonna go there and buy pine glasses Or they take up half of one of their glass shelves to sell a four hundred dollar statue of Venom. From Mar- <laughs> you know, like, like you're not utilizing your store space very well. Like I, I bought the Snorlax beanbag chair because I'm stupid. But putting True. a giant Snorlax <laughs> beanbag chair in the middle of your store where I can't even walk down your aisle, not a good idea. Sorry, doesn't work. Unless idiot like me comes through and I go, you know what? I'll buy that too. You know what get me? You know what get me in a GameStop? They started selling those little deep fried donuts. So they just had a donut <laughs> conveyor. Like, hey man, you buy a game here, you get a bag of donuts. I'm like, okay, I'll buy a game here. Like that. See, I just saved GameStop. You are welcome. Get my check in the mail for a lifetime of free little deep fried donuts, and let's call it a day. Just saved your business. Yeah. Everyone likes donuts except for gluten free people. Get get out of here, gluten free people. Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the all dinky right, donuts. All right. That's been our attack on the news. For these topics and much more, visit gameslamedia.com. Our blog is more active than ever. We have blogs dropping all the time, tons of E3 coverage. Uh, we're moving into uh, some new stuff this week as well. So you want to head on over to gamezillamedia.com and enjoy all the cool write-ups, the vlogs. Then I made a vlog, okay? If you don't if you don't watch it, then you're an idiot. Real dumb. Grimlock made a blog. Probably not as good as Deadites, but still, it's enjoyable. If you don't enjoy it, you're dumb. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, head on over there, support us by leaving a comment, hitting that heart, uh, hitting that heart button, sharing it on social media, get that information out there. Tell people but if they want their gaming information, they want real gaming information. We tell it how it is. GameStop, you fucked up. I hope someone can fix it, but you fucked up. 
that's why you come to GameZilla. Because we're not being paid off by EA. We're not being paid off by Nintendo. If they want to pay us, you know, maybe I'll put on a tie and I'll, uh, you know, sell out. But right now, I'm not going to sell out. I'm going to say it the way I feel. That's why people, you know, that's why people come to GameZilla. We're legit. Fan supported. Fan supported. Haven't sold out yet. Except for Detroit Beard Collective. You want some beard? No, this- <laughs> our boys. <laughs> that's our boys. That's right. You want the best beard, you buy their stuff. Um... Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Bring it up in the Discord. I'd like to. I'd like to get some more people's thoughts on this. Maybe, maybe there's somebody out there that that has a more positive image on this than I do. But it just doesn't look good. All right. Um, if this isn't uh, this isn't enough. Welcome to Summoner's Rift. Oh, this is a little bit risky. Oh my God, Freiburg, are you kidding me? Feels good to be on stage, doesn't it? All right, uh, welcome to esports here with the Dead Eye Night. I got a little report ski for you. I Grim thought you were Jazzy f- uh, Frizzle. <laughs> so uh, you know, over the weekend uh, there were some League of Legends. There was uh, you know uh, Flygon and uh, Firefox, and uh, you know they played some games and uh, clicked on some stuff and uh, some. Uh, Barons and stuff or whatever were captured or stuff, and uh, yeah, uh, TSM lost, and that's really what matters. All right, this has been your esports report with me, the Dead Eye Knight. Man, how did you know that uh, the TSM lost? I, I did a little research. Wow, I mean, Jazz that was, is really feeling this. That was <laughs> that was watching, a, Jazz is really into your esports coverage. Yeah, that was a well planned out report. <laughs> also, you know, you know, sadly, Team Liquid lost as well. They won one of their games. Okay, well, there you go. They won, maybe they went one and one. Jazzy was talking about it at my house. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, for a better esports report, listen next week when someone who knows things about League of Legends will be here to talk about it. And visit the blog because Jazzy started his weekly recap of League of Legends. So if you are a League fan and you want to know what's going on in the NALCS, Jazzy's going to give that to you on a weekly basis, right on GameZillMedia.com. It was the opposite of the report I just gave. It was, yeah. it, he's, got a, he's got a player of the week that he gives honors to. He gives you a, you know, a, a recap of his uh, favorite game of the week. He gives you the scores. It's, it's a really nice report. I don't like giving Jazzy credit for doing anything well. Uh, it's a really solid report. And let's say you're someone like me who's on the outside, doesn't really follow League of Legends. It's a good gateway into getting into it and understanding what's going on in the league uh, and starting to follow it. So I highly recommend you go over to GameZillaMedia.com and give that a read, and there'll be another one coming out uh, later this week. Yeah. And uh, again, if this uh, is not enough GameZilla activity for you, Zilla activity, then you can tune in every Sunday for GameZilla Alpha. GameZilla Alpha, has, uh, we, we took a week off, so everybody that uh, you know has been listening, you're well aware. If you're a patron, then you were notified through Patreon that uh, some changes are coming, and the next revamped Alpha uh, will be dropping this week. So get ready. We're, we're making some changes. We think it's going to be uh, make Alpha even better, and that's what we try to do here. We take feedback from you guys. That's why the Discord exists. That's why Patreon exists. We want you to influence what we're doing and keep helping us do deliver something that's entertaining but also you know what you're looking for so but games little alpha again sundays and all the great places you can listen to all of our podcasts the internet yep pretty much <laughs> uh, anywhere on the internet
the World Wide Web. World Wide Web. I don't really have uh I don't really think we need to do a muster bust. Is there anything coming out? Well, you got like the DLC for um, Mario Rabbids. Must. Mm. There we go. You have um, Near Automata coming out for the Xbox. The, the Definitive Edition looks really cool with all the DLC. Ikruga for the PS4. Anybody? Anyone? A little bit? Uh, I mean... That'll be fun to play on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'd rather play it on the Switch. Uh yeah, I mean, I've already named them off, so I don't even think we need to do it anymore. Crew 2? Crew 2? I don't know if anyone's excited for Crew 2. Anybody excited for Crew 2? Okay, well. Uh, I, I guess there's probably some PlayStation Racing fans that are excited for Crew 2 because the next uh, Gran Turismo is probably never coming out. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, I will tell you that they did a comparison of the new Forza Horizon Four, yeah. of real life versus Forza Horizon Four, and I, I, I like triple looked. I was like, wait, which one's the game? Like, it was unreal how good it looked. I'm that's so why, excited for that game. That's why no one should be excited for Crew Two because if you were really serious about racing games, you'd buy a Xbox One yeah. X and be playing Forza Four Horizon Four because. That game, that game looks awesome. I can't wait for that game. I haven't been this excited for a racing game in so long. Um, Other than that, I felt like there was one more thing I wanted to say. Felt good that Jazzy wasn't here. Felt good to to share the the table with my man, Deadite. Um, The best 22 around, Deadite. Me. D- double deuces. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you like your games measured by bits, then you need to listen to the Legend of Retro podcast. Uh, Xander Craig Chops uh, take you through a journey through history and talk about some of your favorite video games from the past. They do a retro relapse or they have a featured game of the week as well. So you get coverage of about two different uh, retro video games every week. And again, Tess talked about earlier in an upcoming episode. I don't know the release date on it. I don't know if Tess does, but coming soon. Ogre Battle 64, a little teaser for you. That one's on its way. So if you're a fan or if you're like me that knows very little about the game, it's going to be a fun one to listen to. So Legend of Retro podcast available everywhere you listen to GameZilla, and um, you're going to have a great time with it. They are they're good. They're knowledgeable. They're not scrubs like us. Noobs and Dragons is your Dungeons and Dragons adventure podcast that Craig WK puts on. And all I can say is we had our recording session and oh my god you if you're caught up right now get ready if you're not caught up you better get caught up because it's things are getting crazy right now so the excrement's gonna hit the rotary oscillator that's what we're saying i can't wait for these next four episodes so this next month of episodes to get to you guys so we can talk about it. That's the hardest thing for me being a character in this show is like I want to talk about things, but I can't because they're not public yet. I now understand what it's like to maybe record a TV show. You know, like the like mm. back when I was a kid, I thought everything was done live and it was like, oh, this is cool. But it turns out it was recorded like two months ago. So the winner is already a winner and like they just have to like hide and not say anything for, for you know a few months. Like I get it now. But uh, Noobs and Dragons, every Wednesday, you can uh, join Jandar, Tilly, and Alistair on their adventure to hopefully save the world. I don't know. It's starting to, it's starting to look like we might be dooming the world. 
every single Monday at GameZillaMedia.com. Get your badass explosions and eagle cries ready. Because it's the last action podcast with LPJ and the all-knowing Sphinx. Uh, They pick one super awesome badass action movie and they break it down they talk about it. they analyze it for about an hour you're gonna get some history you're gonna get some trivia uh you're definitely gonna have some laughs because i kind of think they hate each other maybe more than any of us hate each other yeah the bickering is on a level that i i found impressive yeah. and i mean i hate jazzy yeah but i just i couldn't do that i feel bad for sphinx absolutely there, there's there's some there's some anger there's some relationship problems there <laughs> well i might have to go on and counsel them sometime uh, as the peacemaker but yeah last action podcast it's our newest podcast here from gamesillamedia.com part of uh Games of the movies, they're, they're their own thing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just co- covering some some sweet films. So uh, go ahead, give them a subscribe and you know write a review. Give them five stars on iTunes. Help them grow as a podcast. Uh, you're going to love it. You're going to have fun, especially if you like this show. It's really similar to this show, just all about movies. So uh, The Last Action Podcast. Give it a listen and uh, talk to the guys uh, in the Discord. They did Rumble in the Bronx was this week's episode. Yeah. I like that. You could tell Last Action Podcast is our newest show mm-hmm. because we actually are hype and excited to talk about it. Yeah. It's not like, <laughs> the Legend of Retro. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Noobs and Dragons uh, around episode 33 or something. Well, we actually have a newer show. We do. Yeah. What is it? The Dungeon of Doom, a <laughs> Patreon exclusive where uh, myself and this week it was test uh, no this week couple weeks ago we uh, we we did some wrestling talk it's a wrestling podcast that is exclusive to Patreon so the only way you can listen to it there uh, we're promising at least one monthly show that's a recap of what happened in that month in WWE and get you ready to watch the pay-per-view. So if you're the type of person that's kind of interested in wrestling or wants to get interested in wrestling, but you don't have time to watch seven hours of wrestling every week, well, Test and I will give you a rundown on what's happening with the storylines, the characters, and the performers, and get you ready to hang out and uh, watch the the monthly pay-per-view show. So uh, that's going to be exclusive to Patreon, available at least once a month. Uh, If the patrons request it, we might do some special shows talking about historic things that have happened in wrestling or specific uh, careers of different wrestlers. That's something we might do down the road but we want your feedback on that so it's called the dungeon of doom and it's only available patreon.com slash gamezilla media all right and then uh, i think before we close out we want to remind everybody about the gamezilla media stream team if you're on twitch and you are enjoying people like testonomics the face of switch matrix on stage the glitch we have our all new spectre xv PC streamer, you know, focusing on League of Legends, just did a speed run of Doom on a lot, doing all sorts of cool PC gaming streaming. But we have a whole team, so make sure that you are following them, supporting them, letting them know the GameZilla sent you. And then our YouTube channel. Right now, Craig WK is just killing it with his Craig WK long play. Uh, right now, he's doing uh, Super Mario RPG on the SNES. And you can catch an episode every day during the week on YouTube. That's impressive. A, a daily release. That's right. We got Player One Miggy releasing Pixel Theater on YouTube. So there's there's content growing on YouTube. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and give these pe- give these creators some support. Comment on their work. Give them that thumbs up. Hit that bell notification so that you know when their new stuff hits. 
That's about what I got. That's a, that's a long list of plugs. We really went through them. Yeah. Um, but again, thank you so much to our patrons at Patreon.com, our GameZuka, GameZukis, GameZillas, Mecha GameZillas, whatever level you're at. Thank you so much. Anywhere from $1 on up. We appreciate everything you do to help us uh, make this show possible uh, and free to everyone every single week. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. That's for sure. We appreciate it. All your Zilla activity is appreciated. 100%. All right, everybody. Just 100%. remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on.